Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Charltoning gets you no points, but Wombling free. Uh, a first home defeat of the season, unfortunately, yesterday. Again, home to AFC Wimbledon. Welcome to Charlton Live. And welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. I'm your host for this evening. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are uh, Terry Smith. How are you doing, Tell? And then, yeah, no, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you've been better. You've been worse. Uh, indeed. Yeah, uh, and and Tom Walling back from his holidays. How are you doing, Tom? I'm back. I'm good. Thank you, Louis. Yeah. That's uh, another reason why I'm not so clear. I look fairly pasty next to Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you normally do anyway. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. uh, next to anyone, due to your Irish heritage. Uh, right, on, that, on tonight's show, we're going to be talking about that uh, late defeat to uh, Wimbledon yesterday. We're going to hear from Russell Slade. We're going to discuss the uh, the protest uh, photo at the Valley yesterday, the revelations about Tom Dryson in the Voice of the Valley fanzine. Uh, fanzine. He's the, the bedroom dwelling, underpants wearing chief scout. Um, uh, look ahead to Tuesday's game against Scunthorpe as well. Got another a chance to bounce back from uh, from yesterday's defeat on uh, on Tuesday. Don't forget, we want to hear what you guys make of all our subjects this evening. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at charltonlive. You can head over to the Charlton Live uh, forum where there's a thread uh, about yesterday's uh, about tonight's show as well. Um, 
that was that was particularly disappointing yesterday, wasn't it, Tom? Uh, disappointing is one word. Yeah, um, it was strange, really strange. I mean, we started well. Um, we had uh, the perfect start with Adam Ola's goal, and then after about I don't know the, the way I saw it anyway. After about quarter an hour, twenty minutes, we just stopped playing. We just I mean, we had a couple of chances afterwards which we didn't convert, and then we just seemed to stop. And then um, they they took control of the first half, and then we seemed to start again with about ten minutes to go in the second half. Uh, having said that, even in that period where they where we stopped playing, they seemed to take control. They didn't really trouble us. So even going into the uh, second half, I thought, you know, if that's as good as Wimbledon are going to be, we should be okay. All we need to do is push on for that second goal. And I was saying to Tom before we came on air, I think I'm pretty sure I said on commentary that we need that second goal if, uh, because. Um, we don't. We didn't look that convincing, even at one nil, and uh, th- not getting the second goal. And then, then they made those substitutions, and we couldn't cope. I just thought we got mm. beaten up almost, if you like. We just, we just didn't cope with their substitutions at all. Uh, and so, what went from uh, what looked like it was going to be a, a fairly frustrating but squirmy one nil win, <laughs> well, we know what happened. Yeah, right. Let's uh, let's listen back to the highlights from yesterday's game. Then uh, Terry and uh, Greg Stubbley taking us through what happened here at the Valley. Oh. Not forward, it's headed by Robinson, but it'll be picked up by Lookman and he's going to attack the edge of the penalty. Takes a shot, oh, just wide left of the left hand upright. Lookman running towards the corner of the penalty area, taking on two men. One of them is Polion, he's got his onto his right foot. Is he going to take a shot? He does! And there's the opening goal! Adam Ola Lookman brought down on the right hand corner of the penalty area, the Charlton left. Cut inside his man, that man being Dominic Polion, he had still two men in front of him, one of those was Barry Fuller, he sold him a dummy, went just a little bit further to his right and unleashed a right foot shot, low and hard and down to the right hand side of James Shaw, took no chance at all and Charlton had the lead. He's uh, found by Solly, little touch to Holmes, he's got space to take a shot if he wants it, he does take the shot, but straight at uh, James Shea. Jose with it, gets the ball infield, cleared away, up to Holmes. Oh, that's a lovely drag back, lovely footwork. Takes the shot, slams off Robinson. But super footwork from the youngster. And Chris Solly's intercepted for Charlton. Charlton come back again into Riggy Holmes. Goes back across, takes on his man, takes on one, then two. But uh, one too many, possibly. And then Overstead trying to get in front of Bolcham has conceded the free kick. That's magnificent from Adam Lutman. He's too good for this league, you can tell already. Holmes looking for a red shirt, it's provided to him by Lookman, lovely ball back into Holmes, corner of the penalty, takes a shot, needs a save, Solly on the re- rebound, cleared away by Charles. Holmes' ball forward is cut out by Charles, who battles with Jose, and it comes off at Jose's face, and Jose has a shooting opportunity here, look at Jose, cuts it wide, there's a poor clearance from, uh, from Darius, Charles looks to get the ball in the box again, it's a good ball towards the far post where McGuinness heads back to oh. Jose, it's closed down quickly. By Robinson, it was a good ball in from Wolstad to find McGuinness, who headed down to Nicky Ajose. It's a difficult chance, he just couldn't get over the ball enough. It went over harmlessly in the end. He's got Fox to the left, Adam O'Lutman looks to shimmy onto his right foot, which he does. Cuts back onto his left inside the penalty. Adam O'Lutman, it's a good save oh. by Shea. And the offside flag's gone up anyway for Ajose. He's in front of the goalkeeper. Brilliant play again from Adam O'Lutman. Under pressure with trying to pass the ball through. I see Wimbledon, and there is the half-time whistle. There is half-time. Charlton going to the break. Goal up against Wimbledon, courtesy of Nado Mola. Let the strike after eight minutes. Rudd cut out by Robinson. Good play from Cross to win the ball back, though, from Charlton. Jose manages to work it out to Lookman on the left-hand side. 
He's going to have to cut back onto his right foot. Finds Fox. Fox at the first time. Ball in is a good one. Comes to Ricky Holmes inside the penalty. Holmes controls with the shot. Deflected. Oh, what a, and save. a superb save. It's cleared away by Charlton. And now comes to McGuinness. He oh, controls play. it. Takes it past Charles. Josh McGuinness racing through. Clear on goal. He's closed down quickly by Charles McGuinness. Looks to cut it across. Oh, it's come off the foot of Mendes. Or, or Meads, should I say, not Mendes. Because of the foot of Meads. And the path is cleared away just by Shea. Show with a goal kick. Pierce will tangle with Barnett. Barnett wins it. Goes to Bullman. Bullman's got Polian outside of him. Solly goes across, as does Lookman, to try and stop him. But he's in a penalty area. Polian goes past Solly oh, and drags goal. it past Declan Rudd with a toe poke. And Wimbledon have equalised. Oh, what a wonderful goal that is. For Polian, it's a great bit of skill to take the ball past Chris Solly. Not many people do that. He's switched over to left-hand side since, uh, since uh, Bartram went off. It's a lovely bit of skill to take it past Solly. And just toe-pokes it beyond Rudd and Wimbledon equalised. Out here to Fuller. Fuller swings the ball into the box towards Elliott. He gets his head there and scores Barnett, sorry. It was Barnett who got on the end of it. The other tall centre-forward who's come on and Wimbledon have the lead in the dying minutes. Charlwood's too far deep there. They invited all that pressure to come. It's a clearance initially from Charlton in towards the path of there's McGuinness. Nil came from that really. Charlton never really pushed up. Ball gets worked to the right hand side where Fuller controls. It's a lovely ball into the box. And Barnett, the substitute, using his physicality to notch it past. Rather superb header on Wimbledon have the lead. Pierce with the header. Cross with another one up to McGuinness. We're still playing here, but now we're not. Now the referee has pulled, called time on proceedings, and Charlton has come to their uh, first defeat at home, first defeat in six. So there we have it. The highlights from yesterday's two-one uh, defeat against against AFC Wimbledon. Um, just listening back to him, it's the amount of chances that, that came and went. If you know, it's, it's, if, if, one of, if, an, if a second or a third goal goes in, it'd just be a very different story. But the fact that we, we didn't take that chance has meant we were left in this awkward situation where we're, we're starting to succumb to a little bit of pressure and, and we're getting nervous and, and we can see goals. Yeah, there were two things that struck me listening back to it. And one of them was what I thought yesterday when we were playing in that first half. And, you know, that first half finished and we were just 1-0 was the amount of chances we had. And listening to the commentary there is clear you know I was right you know in thinking that we did have a lot of chances and, and we should have got a second or even a third goal um, I think the other thing that becomes clear from that is from the commentary is the fact that the Wimbledon substitutions made such a massive difference in that second half um, I thought we started that second half sluggishly anyway uh, Slade didn't really change us up um, and Wimbledon did change things up and that that made the difference and credit to Wimbledon really because they saw that we were there for the taking in that second half and they took that chance and every credit to them but we, we should have been out of sight by then yeah. I don't know whether you think that um, if, if you remember the first change came almost by uh, by accident not design because um, it Frank was Frankham in Frankham got one in the face and has lost yeah. a few teeth by all accounts um, and he was um, he, he was dragged off and then Elliot was the one who came on just a big unit is, yeah. I mean Wimbledon finding a big unit up front who'd have thought uh, <laughs> just like the old days <laughs> exactly but he made a huge difference I mean his physical presence he was strong and it was him that made that uh, equalising goal just by he just out muscled Pierce um, comfortably in, as it turns out uh, and he set up the uh, uh, Pierce was then dragged out of course out in the central position 
pushed it left and, and obviously um, the Polion who played who did really well for the goal to be fair uh, took on Solly and as I said on commentary not many people do that and get away with it mm. uh, Toe poked it in and um, and then they brought on Barnett um, about uh, 15 minutes later and, and we couldn't cope with him either mm. uh, just um, up until, I thought up until the, that first substitution I thought we, again we were looking dangerous enough without um, converting it and uh, it just felt it was just it just had the feeling of yeah. not, we're not going to get the second we're going to get punished yeah. having said that I thought not getting a second would uh, you know worst case scenario would, we'd end up with a draw I never expected us to actually I think surrender the win that, that first half I never felt worried uh, we had all those chances and we weren't scoring them and that was frustrating but I didn't feel like Wimbledon were really creating anything but that second half it changed and like Terry says that second half I just kept thinking if we don't score they're going to equalise we're going to draw this game one all and that's obviously what looked like it was going to happen and then it got even worse than that um, but yeah it was just that second half it was so disappointing because we had started the game well Terry says sort of 15-20 minutes for me it felt like more like half an hour but I might be wrong but Either way, when you listen to that commentary, the chances we had in that first half, we should have should have got at least two in that first half. I mean, I'm, look, I'm looking down at the, the list of chances I was writing down yesterday. I've, I've, I've done almost seven or eight for us, and yeah. I've done three for them. There was the one that that Morgan Fox blocked in the opening exchanges, and, and then the two goals. Like, it's, it's just one of those ones where it, it, if if we'd got a second goal in quick succession like we had against Shrewsbury here, it would have been you felt like it would have steamrolled. I think according to the stats, we had something like 14 or 15 shots. Um, it was either seven or nine, I can't remember which, on target. They had um, nine shots, uh, two on target, and scored it above them. Mm. Um, and that's um, that's probably sums up the game, doesn't it? I mean, we should have uh, we should have scored more, no yeah. question about it. But if you try and take the positives from the game, the way we started the game, and we Lookman could have scored before that. I mean, I was thinking of periods in that first half. There's not many teams that's going to be able to deal in this league with with Lookman down one side Holmes down the other I think Holmes was maybe slightly quieter than, than he has been at times he had Definitely. a lot of running with the ball but again end product wasn't quite there I was surprised to be honest at half time I was speaking to the AFC Wimbledon uh, one of their media guys and he was saying how surprised he, he was saying he was surprised about how bad um, Holmes was being I thought he was being a bit harsh there but he was a bit, a bit quieter than normal yeah I think bad is unfair but yeah certainly Lookman was a standout player in that first half their right back couldn't cope with him at all Every time he got the ball, you could obviously we know what he's going to do anyway. But every time he cut in, there was one, if not two, players on him at most times, and he was beating them fairly comfortably every time. And obviously, the goal represented that the best way. But there were two or three other chances that he had. Holmes didn't have his best game since he's been here, but he's been knocked around, hasn't he, over the past few weeks? And we can excuse him that because he's dragged us through a couple of games in recent times. I think what um, the comparison between uh, Holmes and Lookman, I think, is that uh, uh, and. and Tom's right. Um, Lookman always had two, sometimes three players on him. But he's he's so quick and fleet of foot, uh, and probably because of his age, uh, there are times where he can just leave him leave him for dead. He can leave him standing. Ricky Holmes is a bit longer in the tooth, and I, he, I think he also had two, sometimes three players around him. And he hasn't got that fleet mm. of foot or that quick turn of pace. Um, he can get, run at players no problem at all. But um, when he's backed into a corner, there's very little chance I think of Ricky Holmes beating three players with a, with a spin I mean some of the drag backs that uh, Anamola uh, did lo- uh, yesterday yeah. Yeah. just left them standing that, were, were sublime that one after he scored his first goal yeah. or he, the goal where he, where he sort of, yeah, dragged it back through a couple of them and then just shot straight at the keeper I mean that's, that's, that was so exciting that was, it was when we were in that stage where I just felt so comfortable and as, as Tom said especially during that first half we never looked like conceding um, we tried to pinpoint where, where the game changed and you, you mentioned I think it probably was when Tom Elliott came on then they started to apply more pressure and I, again I turned, I turned to my, my colleague who was covering it from a Wimbledon perspective and I was saying you know, every time that ball's going into the box now when it's 1-0 we're going to start getting nervous and 
Well, if you look before Elliot came on, they had uh, Taylor up front pretty much on his own. Uh, and when the ball was going forward, Konza and Taylor were the ones that were always fighting for the ball. And, and you know, they were, it was 50-50, I thought. There were times when Taylor just got the better of him, but uh, Konza was never far away from him. And even when he did uh, maybe get beaten to it, he was back and covering. And then whenever um, the guy got past him and Taylor got past Konza, possibly, or at least the ball went over the top, because um, Pierce wasn't really marking anybody, he didn't have to, he was sweeping up behind and it worked fairly effectively. Of course, as soon as Elliot came on, they had two men up front, a completely different story. Pierce was then covered completely by the job of trying to cover Elliot, uh, and Elliot just beat him up, mm. basically. Yeah, so you listen to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Don't forget you can get your uh, your views in. And uh, John Am- Ag- Agambar did that earlier on this afternoon. He said, now I know uh, what being mugged is like. We should always." <laughs> he, said, he says, we should always try and go for the jug. You know, I, I don't feel like we were... like. We were going for it. It just wasn't. Nothing was coming off yesterday. We did. I think the the, the real disappointment for me. I, I mean, apart from losing, obviously, but um, in that first half when we when we clearly had the upper hand, we sort of stopped playing, and mm. I, st- I still can't grasp why yeah. because w- Wimbledon didn't do anything different. We just seemed to stop, and I don't know. I, don't, I still, t- you know, still can't grasp what changed in our approach that made us do that. That we didn't. There were no subs. It was just, it's just we sort of took our foot off the gas, and it was really strange mm. because we had them at one 0 and in a, we had uh, three or four chances after that. Um, and then we just stopped. In my head, m- the last 60 minutes of that game was booting the ball up to Magenis up front, and it wasn't like that at all, but in my head that's what happened because you kind of forget all those chances because, like you say, we just stopped playing, and towards the end of the game, that is sort of how we started to play, but it felt like it was a lot longer doing that than, yeah, it, no, than it actually right. was. And I, 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 As you say, I don't see why because, look, okay, like we said, Holmes wasn't having the best game, but Lookman was doing it all, all game and really causing them trouble, and then it just kind of dried up and... I don't know why. I didn't think a Jose had his best game. I know he's a bit low on confidence, and the service wasn't brilliant to him. But it's something just wasn't right for that last, certainly for the second half, and and that was, as I say, where Wimbledon capitalised. Okay, any question marks about the defending for the two goals we conceded? I think the the, the Polian one, the first one, it was a really good bit of skill. It went between Solly and Lookman, I think it was. The second one, I just think Pierce got out jumped really by. Well, yeah, by but, Barnett. I mean, I, I think um, uh, th- th- yeah, but he's huge. Barnett, when Barnett and it were both huge, so getting out jumped by somebody who's already four foot taller than you is, is, <laughs> is possibly possibly acceptable. Although you should just be levering them enough to so they don't get a decent strike on it. I think in those circumstances, it's normally the the supply coming in, uh, and that shouldn't have happened. You know, I don't think we ever got to a point where we had a comfortable crossing because they were they were on us. Mm. We let Fuller have far too much time to get that ball in the box. I think. Yeah. Uh, Pete tweets: Does Adam O'Lillman not have the staying power for the full game? Well, I he's one of the few for me who seemed to go. I thought he was tiring a bit towards the end, but um, we were already, um, we're, you know, we'd already been pegged back by then. And I think, um, as Tom said, we started launching the ball forward. There's after. plenty of other players that look tired. Uh, as so well. when you're chasing that, it's not so clever. Uh, I mean, I think the one uh, strange, uh, the, another sort of strange, not the one because there was a couple, but another strange thing was um, the fact that we didn't make any more subs than just the mm. one that. that that was a curiosity for me. I don't don't get it. Yeah, I mean the lights were well. I guess if if, if you're one nil up and it's ten minutes left and you and you're thinking, well, we don't really want to do we do we want to bring on Botar? I mean the game really opened up. That's what I will say. Just before they they got it to one all, the game seemed to be really open at that point. So maybe Botar would have been a good option to to run at them. But well, I also think oh, sorry, Tom. Go on. I also think if you bring well, the two options would have been to bring on another defender and shore things up either for Konza, who was you know he's had a lot of games recently for someone so young and. I don't want to criticise him because I think he's been brilliant overall, but you could bring someone like Bauer on. Or the alternative by bringing Bataka on is it pushes their wingers back a bit because they've got to be wary of his threat on the counter and then they don't get so far forward and deliver those crosses into their big guys. So mm. you, you kind of counter that. But 
Slade's one change didn't really change anything in our tactics, really, um, except that we started to lump it long to him, uh, to, the, to them both, um, as opposed to just to, to just McGuinness. Uh, I, yeah. I think before before the equaliser uh, and after they brought on um, Barnett and obviously Elliot before him, I'd have I'd have understood it if he'd have brought um, Bauer on because he's done that before. Yeah, um, to, also, to yeah. shore things up. Uh, so I'd have understood that when we when they pulled it back to one, we still had a quarter of an hour of the game left. Why I, I don't understand why Bataka didn't come on. I mean, he looked like a world beater when he came on uh, up at Fleetwood. Yeah, um, but or, or, or be against Fleetwood, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Case uh, case for Jackson to have come on as well, perhaps. Jacko's a little bit different for me. I mean, um, he, yes, because you know there's a goal in him, but we've got to get the ball into the areas, and I'm not sure we, with the long balls that we were pumping forward to try and get something. Mm. Or certainly before they equalised and definitely afterwards I think it would have passed him by a little bit we did have plenty of corners though in that second half yeah, we know true. what he's like yeah, from the what, what frustrated me personally was the fact that any of those options you can argue a case for them changing the game somehow be it Bauer be it Bataka be it Jacko, and the fact that we did none of them you could see in that second half as soon as Wimbledon got that goal and started to grow in confidence you could see it you could feel it in the ground obviously we've all said I think that we all ex- felt like they were going to get that equaliser and then even at one all it was just nervy and that was the first time we'd felt that nervous in the game and you you looked to that manager to do something anything to just bring a bit of calm and I think any of those would have offered it but by doing nothing at all nothing changed and Wimbledon kept up that momentum that they'd had for the last 10-15 minutes yeah. Lewis Wheeler's tweeted into Channel Live it says Slade's approach is too negative also where's the plan B seems to uh, just be a lump it in the air to McGuinness to head on to a Jose. He says, also, let's get Bauer back in there. Not blaming Pierce, but if Bauer was there for the second, he'd have won it taller and stronger. Has to come in for Konza. Slade said about overusing him, and he's massively o- overused him. Also, why not? Did he? Uh, why did he not bring on uh, Botarka? Um, did you think there's a, a, a time to start mixing up the defence? I mean, obviously, the, we've, we've actually had a pretty consistent back line now for the last few weeks, which, which is pro- probably helps the partnership between Konza and Pierce. Yeah, true. And uh, I think um, there's got to be some change. I think um, there has to be. Not least because we've got uh, quite a few games in a short period of time coming up. So he's got to be able to use what, um, what thinner squad we have got. Uh, and it's, hap- it's great that um, Jacko's back, I think... Uh, um, I've, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if there was a centre half change either mm. Mm. For, for Tuesday. Yeah, I think I, I think I think it's possible. The fact that we've got a game Tuesday acts as a perfect excuse for Slade, doesn't it? Because if he waits a week and starts dropping people, and people might ask questions. But Tuesday he's got a ready-made excuse to say, "Well, look, these players have only had two or three days rest. That's why I'm changing things." He hasn't got to try and suggest anyone's out of form or anything. London Inic Geezer says we've not been good enough. Uh, neither has Slade been so far. Uh, yesterday really exposed his weaknesses. I'm worried. I'm, we don't want to get carried away, but I mean, I've, we haven't won in what, three games now, is it? Is yeah, it, you, it depends what you look at. One yeah. defeat in six or yeah, haven't, won, we'll in haven't won in three yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but both are correct, of course. Um, uh, maybe there is a, um, a sense of conservatism mm. from, uh, for, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe those, you know, we're, as a club, we're a bit scared to lose. And so, trying our best not to lose rather than go out to win. I don't know. I mean, I'm, who knows? I'm not a psychologist, and I'm not behind the scenes. But uh, uh, it's frustrating that we didn't grab that game by the scrap. I mean, we did it against Shrewsbury. Yeah. I mean, we, we did it here against Shrewsbury. We weren't we weren't brilliant against Shrewsbury. We, we had a sort of thirty minute spell where they just couldn't live with us. Yeah. Mm. And we it looked like for the first half an hour we were going to do that yesterday, and we just didn't. And then we stopped. I don't know whether it was because we didn't get another goal that everybody went, "Ooh, it's not working today." <laughs> 
we're nervous <laughs> now. I, yeah. Who knows? I, I, I think the other thing when you look at that unbeaten in six stat that people were, were mentioning before the game is Bolton. We were we were one down. We you know we rescued it. Fleetwood. We had to come back from behind twice. Like you say, Shrewsbury. They were fairly poor, and we we capitalised on that quite comfortably. But unbeaten in six hasn't told the full story. We haven't been brilliant. We haven't got fully up and running yet. And you know I'm not. I'm not panicking just yet. Slade needs time. He's got a fairly small squad to work with. He's still bedding players in. Um, but it it's, has been a, a fairly, just a, an okay start, I guess. We haven't been awful, but we haven't been brilliant. And we don't, at the moment, don't look like we're going to be challenging those top two or three places. But it's very early on. And, you know, we get another couple of wins in the next two or three weeks and it will suddenly be very different. But, we, it's, you know, he does need to start waking this side up and making sure that we capitalise on when we're dominating games like we did against Shrewsbury. Right, after yesterday's game, uh, Russell Slade was good enough to come in and speak to Chapman Live exclusively here in the Maritime Radio Studios. This is what Russell had to say after yesterday's uh, 2 1 defeat against FC Wimbledon. Uh, John Russell, studio, uh, Russell in the studio. Uh, and Russell, what started off to be uh, a decent uh, and positive looking afternoon turned out to be uh, a fairly depressing one. Yeah, I, I mean, as, as I see it, that, that's probably the most attacking side that. Um, I could, I, I could put out. It was the same eleven that I put out last week. Um, albeit, albeit, I started Luckman um, just off, uh, just off the front with um, a Josie in the in, in the game at Fleetwood. But obviously, I switched that about after half an hour and put Josh back up the middle and and started with that today. Um, and certainly, it, 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 that, that that eleven, there's no doubt about it, shows as quality going forward. It creates opportunities. There was ample opportunities that we created afternoon with that eleven, but it, it's that balance really um, in doing that, but, but but also not leaving yourself a little bit vulnerable, particularly when games are tight. Was it a story of uh, a combination of not converting the chances we had because we did have uh, plenty fourteen seven on target uh, compared to uh, Wimbledon's two on target? Uh, combination of not taking those chances and succumbing a little bit to the physicality of the substitutions that Wimbledon made. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he, Elliot is what he is. He's a big, he's a big, strong boy. Um, what he lacks in mobility, and he's very strong in the box. And we were aware of that. Um, my, my issue w- with my own team there was that um, the build-up to that, we didn't organise ourselves as well as we could have done. Um, we were expecting either Barnet or Elliot to start, which wasn't the case, so we didn't have to deal with that element. But then when that changed, then we should have known exactly what to do in terms of our setup play. And we were a little bit laxed and not compact enough in our half as that developed. Um, and we could, have, we could have eliminated that, I think, at source rather than let it build up. Uh, at the point of um, them making that sub- those substitutions, were you tempted, although it might have looked a slightly negative one, tempted to, to bring Patrick Bauer on to maybe uh, give us that little bit of extra steel? Yeah, who for? Uh, yeah, it's a good question, of course, yeah. Uh, maybe somebody, uh, a sacrifice forward to, to make sure we didn't succumb at the back. I know it, on the face of it, that sounds yeah, a negative yeah, move. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. It, 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 there are always different ways of looking at things. Listen, I, I, I get that. If we if we also take a forward off, that means they're going to be lumping that ball in with a bit more regularity also. Um, so again, it's a question of um, do you work that bit harder to stop it at source or deal with it at source, or do you say okay, you can have the ball, 
we're going to we're going to let you service our box and we're going to defend from there um, actually when they serviced the box they actually scored so I don't know that, that that's that's the that's the argument really is it a difficult thing to, to quantify we do make we have created the chances today we, we haven't put them away it's, it's a very difficult thing to then go back is it I guess to, to go back to the training ground and say um, well we should have scored because uh, obviously on a, on a perfect day no. four or five might have gone in yeah yeah look you, you, you have to I think you have to deal ultimately yeah you analyze that you look at that you share that information and that knowledge with your staff and with the with the team ultimately you've got to look at the facts haven't you and the facts are we were one nil up Facts are, um, we've had opportunities to score, but we've not taken them. Um, they've had two opportunities and they've taken them. So they've been. What what I talk about is is um, it's okay having all the quality and um, ability in the world, and I thought we had that in abundance at times during the game today. But you've still got to have that will to win, that efficiency, um, and and be really resilient. So. If you're not getting those goals then, you ensure that you see the game through and you win the game 1-0 without too much you know, problems caused by the opposition. And we, did, we, did, we didn't do that today. And that, that was the most damning or disappointing thing that <clears throat> happened from my point of view today is that once we got ourselves in front, that, you know, OK, we were finishing off and we have to look at that and the decisions we made were they good decisions should we have made one more pass before we finished or should we have actually finished it anyway um, we can look at all that but the fact of the matter is is, is we also need to, to go and say well okay if that ain't going to happen today we have to ensure that we see that game through and we win 1-0 and we move on to the next game and speaking of the next game of course a physical encounter today and we've got uh, another game on Tuesday uh, looking at uh, the sort of players that played today and, and, and uh, the fitness levels looking possibly to make changes for Tuesday night's game? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I will be making changes. I've, tr I've tried to keep an eye on that game as well coming up. Um, so, yeah, there'll possibly be a, a few changes for that. But, look, you, we have to see it as a, an opportunity and, and a challenge to bounce back and, and, and bounce back quickly. Um, we'll do that if we're resilient and you know, we ensure that you know we're a very, very difficult team to break down. If we can do that, and then with the quality that we have, I believe we'll come through in the end, um, as as we've shown on certain occasions already this season. But that's a lesson. That's a harsh lesson today. Um, we must learn quickly from it. Um, I learn more. I learn about the group as well from it today, um, and we all have to learn and move forward. Getting back to today's game, the first of it at the Valley, which is, is always difficult. The first of it at home is always going to be difficult to take, both by the uh, players and fans alike and, and management. Um, are we going to have to get used to the sort of game we witnessed today where pl uh, teams are going to come here, uh, set their stall out a little bit, uh, frustrate us as much as possible, uh, um, and, uh, and maybe hit us like Wimbledon did today? I, I think teams could come with a variety of game plans. Um, it's just as still functioning to a very high level so we get a really good consistent performance week in and week out with a resilience so you know we have a balance to our play whatever whatever it is whether you know teams are dropping out or whether we're having to beat the first press because they're pressing the side of the pitch 
um, whatever they do and whatever shapes they come with, you know, we've got to be, we've got to be mentally tough, and um, you know, we believe in each other and trust each other in terms of what we bring to the table individually and collectively. Just one last point, Frederick Allstead, who had a, a, a fairly tough uh, baptism away at Fleetwood, uh, I thought today uh, showed glimpses of, uh, well, more than glimpses, especially in the first half, of the sort of player that uh, that he is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, as, I, as I said, um, Freddie's not had a um, consistent run of, of, of games. Um, so we'll, he's another one we'll have to be mindful of, though, because that's two games you know, in succession he's had. Um, and we've got a lot of games coming up in this month. So, as I've said earlier as well, it's not just about the team, the 11. It is about the group. Um, you know, and when players come in, it's important that they step up and find the level, high level that we need to achieve to, to get the right results. Well, also it's uh, tough to take a defeat at home at any time, but, uh, of course... Uh, um Thanks for coming and talking to us anyway, and, uh, and obviously good luck on Tuesday. No, no problem. Let's hope we can put it right Tuesday. Cassie sees, but all the coffee's line, he's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armakashi! That's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right-footed. Well, saw all the coffee's line. What a goal. Charlton Live. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. A heavy defeat at Burnley today, how do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. And welcome to Ashley Peters listening to Charlton Live for the very first time. Hope you're enjoying the show, Ashley. Uh, Russell Slade there. Um, He clearly frustrated, clearly disappointed after after the result yesterday. You nearly got your head bitten off at one point. (laughs) Everyone, yes, every, um, everyone gets one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, I, I had to ask a question that I, I put here as well, um, or mentioned on here, that uh, you know, is, was there a temptation to? Uh, surely there must have been to bring on uh, a defender when they when they clearly went um, for the physical approach with the two two substitutes. We're one nil up. Um, I just wanted to know if, what his reaction would have been, and uh, <laughs> well, you heard it. <laughs> Uh, what, what have you made of Russell so far as, as a manager? <laughs> okay, I mean it's a difficult one. I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, compared to where we've been, <laughs> unbelievably better. Yeah. So um, if you if you just look at a direct comparison of where, where we've been over the last couple of years, I think um, Russell's a breath of fresh air. Uh, is he the best manager we've ever had? <laughs> Probably not. Um, he may well end up being. Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, talking interesting there, we're talking about. Um, he was talking about keeping an eye on Tuesday's games in terms of subs. Did you, you, you were thinking perhaps maybe that's why he didn't make as many. Yeah, I, mean, I forgot he said that yesterday. Actually, otherwise, I'd have mentioned it earlier um, because uh, you mentioned about uh, um, changings, and that's why I came out with that enlightening comment earlier on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, I'd forgot about that. So maybe yeah, uh, he's an eye on Tuesday and uh, don't bring players on just in case they get injured. But it seems a bit negative to me that uh, surely you go for the points when they're on offer 
here and now and then worry about the next one later that would be my only thing at the moment i think everything you've said about slade is right i think he's a breath of fresh air he's honest he's open he knows the league i think over the managers we've had over the last two or three years he's certainly better but my one worry is that he does seem to be a little bit conservative um as i say he didn't the change okay he did bring a striker on but it was a striker for a striker and didn't really seem to offer anything different um, I think we've seen that in a few games now uh, I want to give him time of course I'm don't. Th- not suggesting he needs to go or anything crazy like that but it'll be interesting to see how that develops as the season goes on particularly if we're still hovering you know, around 7th or 8th and we need to start pushing to win games is he going to make those decisions and throw strikers on towards the last 20 minutes of games to go for them um, I think one of, one of you said earlier at the moment we're a team that is a bit scared to lose rather than going for a win and that's the team we need to become if we're going to get promoted this season. I guess there's, there's sort of two trains of thoughts when it comes to being a footballer. There's probably more than that, but uh, that's the reason I'm not one because I've only got two. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you, you look at one more than Carol. Yeah, <laughs> you, look at, you look at down the line of um, you've got to build a squad and you've got to build a squad with the right characters and you've got to know know what sort of players you want and then get the right characters. That that's one trail of thought, and then the second trail of thought is your tactics and how you play a game. And I guess the first one is exactly the sort of thing that, that we've been crying out for in terms of the right characters over the last couple of years and then the tactics things is, is something that's always up for a debate especially after a defeat I guess But Yeah, I think with personnel I think you're spot on I think he's done everything that we've asked for from managers for the last few years he's brought in players that you know the Chapel style signings he had such a big influence on that League One side that we, that we built under Chris Powell and these sort of signings mirror that you know they're hungry players they're players who've done well either at this level or the level below they're players looking to push on Holmes okay might be nearing the end of his career but this is a step up for him as well um, and it's players that you know that know the leagues and, and know what's expected of them at this level mm. um, the tactics as you say is up for grabs he might still be trying to figure out what the best tactics are to play with this side because we've seen him experiment with a few different formations and like I say he does still need time he said it himself it's very early to be judging where we are in the league um, I still don't think that really excuses the defeat the defeat yesterday, but we've, we have got to give him some more time to see exactly what he's got and we, how seen, he's going to play We've people. seen what he's done at other clubs. I mean, Leighton exactly. Orient got to the playoff finals, Grimsby got to the playoff finals, even, even Cardiff last season. Look how much Cardiff has struggled this year. He had him up in 8th or 9th last season. Yeah, I, mean, I don't necessarily... I mean, game by game, you can, you can criticise, I think, um, yeah. because uh, you know we all clearly think that substitution should have been made uh, we should have probably gone for it a lot more than we actually did. But when you consider, you know, at Fleetwood, for example, um, when we were um, behind, he did make those substitutions. Yeah, you know? and yeah. we did make substitutions that affected the game and got us back in the game. It was all three subs had a part in the <laughs> in the goal. So, you know, I don't think it's a case of it's it's never possible. But clearly, yesterday um, it was there was a there was there was an issue. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, Lewis Wheeler says Tom's assessment has been pretty much bang on tonight. Well done, Tom. Well, Cheers, well done, Tom. Thank Terry. You. Terry, sort, Terry your, yeah. sort your game out. I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbish, clearly. <laughs> uh, Lewis Wheeler is looking ahead to Tuesday night. He said he uh, can't see it going too well on Tuesday, if I'm honest. Plus, they're they're top now after Saturday. If you look at Scunthorpe's home record so far uh, under Graham Alexander, so in the last season and this season, I think uh, played seven, won seven, scored twenty two, conceded two. So it's, it's, it's certainly going to be a battle. We're going to look ahead to that game on Tuesday night uh, later on in the show. Let's uh, shall we hop on to the emails, Tell. Yeah, we've got, we've got a quite few a few to go through. Uh, yeah. The first one, which uh, which actually came yesterday, I'm assuming uh, very close after the game, uh, it's from Chris Davin. Thanks, Chris. Complete embarrassment is the title. Uh, hi to everyone on the good ship, Charlton Live. Thank you, mate. Uh, I have to say that that was our worst result since Northwich away in the Cup. In fact, in many ways, worse. We were 1-0 up, cruising, then sat back, sat back, and sat back. 
AFC were hopeless. We have um, <coughs> that's uh, that's me doing what he said. <laughs> uh, a top six budget. Wimbledon gave a bud- have a budget akin to Bromley, and we lose. I think that's a dig there. I wish Bromley's budget was as big as Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> Surely the apologists for the Chatelet Mayor and Slade can't see can see that it's unacceptable. We made one substitution. One. Everyone could see the game was slipping away except uh, Mr Slade. He's a lower league, no ex- expectation manager. He kept Orient up, big deal. He's not up to managing Charlton. If Holmes or Lookman get injured, may as well pack up and go home. Conza, decent prospect, is poor in the air. Pierce is just poor. Lennon, Bauer for me. Let's take this uh, in... We drew up Fleetwood and lost to Wimbledon in the last two games. For the love of God, what's going on? AFC Wimbledon, the biggest pub team in the league bar none. Hope Card enjoyed their silly publicity stunt with the black and white shirts, family photo, complete waste of time, proper... Protest properly or don't bother. That's from Chris. Yeah, so a few, a few points to pick up there from uh, Chris. I mean, you, you look at the teams that, like, say, the, the Fleetwood result last week. I mean, the Fleetwood are up there uh, and, and one. If, if we draw up there and we come back here and win, then that's a good. That's a good four points. But. I think to be fair, Chris is um, is is you know, if you look and, and everybody's going to do this, but you know, ten years ago or even four years ago, if some if somebody says you're going to play Fleetwood and AFC Wimbledon and, and draw uh, get a point out. of both games, you'd, you'd, you'd think we can't possibly fall that far. So I think if you look at it in that respect, he's absolutely right. You know, losing to uh, AFC Wimbledon, with all due respect to them, drawing at Fleetwood, again, with all due respect to them, is not what we expect as a club. That's, I think, where where, where, where we're coming from. Um, that and, and so in that respect, I, I understand and, and agree. But uh, a few things I didn't... I mean, I don't think uh, Cons is bad in the air at all, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think um, he's been our standout player this season, personally. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but look, uh, you know, if if you look at it on, the, on on what I said earlier about where we are, then you can understand sentiments like Chris's. Yeah, and uh, Chris, he added the thing about card. Though. We talked about the uh, the card protest slightly later on. Once we got once we got the game out of the way, but we've got uh, we've got Chris's views on that. Keep your views uh, coming in studio at channelnive.co.uk. You can tweet us at channelnive. Thanks for email, Chris. Next one up, Till. Yeah, it's from Daniel Farmer uh, about yesterday's game. First point. Uh, thanks, Daniel. By the way, first point. The atmosphere was awful yesterday. Don't know why it's been quite positive, but yesterday just seemed different. Second point, Slade, is uh, is he the worst manager we have had? No. But did he get it wrong yesterday? Yes. After the goal we scored, should have pushed on and continued to play a passing game, but sat back and decided to play long ball. Sometimes Slade comes across to me as a negative manager, which other club supporters have also said. Why not use Bataka as only, uh, only use, and only use one sub? Uh, Jose didn't look happy, needs a goal, but looks like it will never come at the moment. McGuinness didn't look great yesterday, and Konza has done well, but Bauer needs to come back in for Tuesday. We have won once at home, and that's not good enough. So let's pray for three points Tuesday and hope we kick on for Oxford because I'm going and don't want to see the same performances <laughs> yesterday. Louis, Louis, good to see you yesterday, says he. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to see Dan. He's one of the people I see pretty much every match day now. I like, I like my little walk to the ground and say hello to loads of people. Um, yeah, good point. Yeah, atmosphere yesterday. It just, it just seemed quiet at times, didn't it? I know Wimbledon bought a good, a good group. But uh, I don't know, if it, did it feel flat at times, maybe, after the first ten minutes or so? Difficult to tell when you're on comms, uh, because you're so wrapped up in uh, in, in commentating. Uh, it's probably best to, uh, for, for you guys to answer it, because you can probably hear it in your... I mean, I can hear noise uh, and crowd noise. It's very sometimes very difficult to tell whether it's coming from the covered end or it's coming from the Jimmy Seed. Yeah. Um, I thought, uh, certainly in the, the early stages, when we got that goal, obviously people were buoyed, and I thought that kept up for a little while, while we were creating all those chances, but... In the second half, it did. It did feel nervy. Um, as I say, the team started sluggishly, and it's always the debate about whether the crowd, you know, are based on on what's on the pitch or what's on the pitch is based on the noise in the crowd. But it did feel it did feel quiet in that second half. But then crowds are down this season by a long, long way. So I'm, I'm not largely surprised. And there yeah. wasn't a huge amount to shout about. In no, that well, that, that's possibly the, the main reason. I mean, I thought I think uh, up to this point, the uh, 
Yeah, the noise from the uh, the, the Covenant or, or Charlton crowd generally has been pretty good. I would say so. Um, yeah, overall this generally season. speaking, when um, when I can hear it, uh, yeah. so, you know, when I can uh, better when Greg's commentating because then I can um, take one ear, ear, one earpiece off and never listen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris uh, CFC Chris seventy on Twitter says is nine points from seven games good enough for Charlton in League One? Worst start of any of our managers in recent years? Mm. No, probably not. But well, obviously it, no. Yeah, <laughs> but. As I say, there's a lot of change this season, and it's going to take time. Last time we came down here, we, you know, we didn't adapt immediately, um, and we were very lucky that in the season that we did have, when we went on to win the league, that you know that everything came together so quickly. But it is going to take time. No, I don't think it's good enough, and obviously we want to be pushing for those top two or three places. But we are where we are for a reason. I think Slade's doing the best job he can. I think he's brought in the right sort of players. It is going to take a bit of time to gel, but. Like I say, we get a couple of wins and it's going to look very, very different. And it is still very early to be just. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Judging him. I think the worst, thing, the worst thing you can do for your own peace of mind and for your own sanity is try and compare um, yeah. uh, Slade with Chris Powell and what Chris Powell did when we were in League One. I mean, to change the side almost completely, yeah. 100%. And hit the ground running is exceptional. I think we have it to compare it more to that first season we had under Parky, where he scraped into yeah. those playoffs, and okay, it didn't work out in the end. But that yeah. season, you don't know, get me wrong, we'd all love to be there, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting. I'm trying to think where it was from Slade this week. I don't know if it was on his um, uh, like his previews press conference on Thursday, where he said that if, if we don't um, get promoted this season, we'll be in a much better pres- position to get promoted next season, which is quite, oh, God, oh dear. Which is quite interesting. Fortunately, yeah. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, uh, I've heard it, but I didn't hear him say it. I've just heard people report it. Yeah, so yeah, I thought that was a slightly slightly interesting comment, but it, it, it's a case of fan expectations against perhaps Absolutely. what um, Slade is seen as realism. Yeah. I think I, I think one thing that I, in in my opinion, what we do lack that that we haven't had actually for a number of years, and certainly since that first season uh, under Chris Powell, uh, and argue, arguably the second, was um, was that midfield battling quality. You know where. Um, you know, we had players in that midfield, uh, Hollands being one, probably the classic example, mm. who would uh, who would you know either break their own legs or break somebody else's to get yeah. the ball. Mm. Uh, do you know what I mean? I mean, they would uh, they would scrap every second of the game, and I don't see us having too many of those players. I mean, I'm not saying that the ones we got aren't good enough. What I'm saying is, we at some point, you know, sometimes in some games, you need to earn the right to play football, and, and you need to win the serious battles in midfield. And I don't think we've got that player. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Bob Liscombe says Evening guys What do you think of the rumours That Slade has already had Steaming rows with Mare uh, Reported in the Voice of the Valley uh, Well I've heard similar I've heard um, and We'll come on to The Thomas Dryzen uh, <laughs> Thing in a, in a while Because I, I certainly think There's going to be Some conversations to be had On that one 
Uh, and then Dave says Slade's had some streaming rounds with a few people, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's uh, next team up. Uh, yes, from Alex Hall. Thanks, Alex. Uh, can't believe Charlton lost at home to Wimbledon, the weakest team on paper in the league. It's the same scenario as when England lost in the Euros to Iceland. What's happening with our defence? Another two goals conceded. Surely Bauer needs to be starting. As well as uh, Jose needs to be dropped and Lookman moved up front. This is a huge worry. We may have lost a relegation six point. A very depressed Charlton supporter. That's from Alex. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the point I was thinking about this yesterday. At the risk of sounding too big club mentality, I was trying to work out if AFC Wimbledon is the smallest club we've ever lost to in the league. It's between them and Dagenham, maybe. It's up there. In, um, in recent years, I mean, in my time. I, mean, I know, it, it, and we, I hop back to uh, Chris's email earlier. It's very difficult for us not to fall into that yeah. good grief, where are we now trap. Um, and it's justifiable, absolutely justifiable. But I'm not sure it'll do us any favours either. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dan Farmer says, don't promise supporters that we'll be in the top six with the budget to compete if it's going to take time then. Absolutely. That's a very fair point because I think Slade is managing fan expectations, but obviously the fan expectations were managed slightly differently before the season had begun, and that's the thing that people are going to keep referring to. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, right, uh, back on the email. Several more. Ben Plummer, uh, as he might have seen. Um, thanks, Ben. Uh, hey guys, went to the game yesterday. First time I've seen the team play this season. <laughs> Never mind, Ben. Very <laughs> impressed with Lookman, uh, especially in the first half. He took his goal very well and did some good skills several times in the game to get away from the opposition. Holmes also looked good. Some do- good direct running and closing down of the ball when op- the opposition had possession. Thought the two strikers looked a little bit out of the game today. Too many long balls up to McGuinness that didn't work the majority of the time. Overstead had a decent game, made a few decent runs, but we struggled to get the ball from defence to attack and relied too much on long balls, and that got us nowhere, really. In the end, it was disappointing to lose, but even though draw was probably a fair result we got punished for not taking our chances so maybe Wimbledon deserved it for actually taking theirs uh, there were positives to take from the game so onwards and upwards to Scunthorpe on Tuesday so a little bit of um, a little bit of positivity from Ben that's good Cheers to hear from Ben, ben. It's, it's interesting you mentioned about the long balls to McGuinness it's obviously pub talk but I went into the pub yesterday and a couple of people were disappointed with McGuinness yesterday they thought he wasn't quite his, his usual self no, there were times though I thought when he did really well yeah, uh, same. And look and and it's it's a fallacy to think that I think that uh, McGuinness wants those balls pumped up high. He doesn't. No, he you know you could see his frustration on his face. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of the time, I mean, there was one where he uh, took it down as in a, I think um, in the second half where the long ball was just oh, pumped the, out of defence. He took it the touch down on his foot. Yeah, it was incredible. Was amazing. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want the ball constantly up up, up to his uh, to his head. He wants either a chest so he can bring it down. How many times have we said that about a striker though? You know, mm. when we've got a, a striker of a of a certain stature up front. That something clicks in us. I don't know if it's the uh, the air in South East London that, <laughs> uh, that just pumps the ball along for some. Because I, I'd really love to know, and it, and I probably never will. But after twenty minutes yesterday, when we were controlling the game, we were chance after chance by playing the ball on the floor through the midfield down the down the wings. What? Why did we suddenly stop that and start pumping the ball long to McGuinness? Was there a, a, a um, an instruction from the bench? You find that almost impossible Surely to not. believe. But equally, when we did start doing it, surely there's got to be an instruction from the bench to tell him to stop. Yeah. And so obviously neither happened, I don't know. But uh, it was just, I'd love to know. I'd love to be, a, uh, be in a position to be able to find that out. Right. I'm, ne- I'm never going to do it, by the way. <laughs> it's not worth the risk. Right, yeah. let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. We'll be coming back to, to read more of your views. Don't forget, if you want to email in studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at Charlton Live. Listen, Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Jackson, it's in! Yes! 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 Yes
Charles and Charles. From the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. And uh, Charlton Knife here on Maritime Radio, nearly catching up with one of Terry's big secrets there. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, one of? Well, one of Terry's many big secrets, yeah. I'm sure there must be, like, well, I'd love to know. Behave. I'd love to know what Terry gets up to in his spare time. No, no, seriously. <laughs> well, only if you have trouble sleeping. <laughs> right, let's get back onto the emails here. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk. If you want to have your say on, uh, on yesterday's game. Uh, Steve, as, uh, Steve Catley's uh, emailed us in. Thanks, Steve. A few things, if I may. Uh, so a little, so little width again yesterday. Holmes and Lookman both going inside too early, leaving the fullbacks with nothing ahead of them, making the long ball to McGinnis the only option. That's a, a good point, actually. Very good the, point, the, yeah, yeah. Actually, well, uh, well pointed out. Yeah. We've been struggling with that one all evening. Uh, and that comes to nothing almost every time. And Jose needs to hit the target soon or Novak will be knocking on Slade's door if he isn't already. And we need to take some of the responsibility away from Lookman, who, despite being very good, cannot do it all. He shouldn't be taking corners and needs to be more aware of his own teammates. He should have been replaced late on, but I think the possible backlash from the stands, if he had been taken off, was probably the reason he wasn't. Too many crosses in the box come to nothing. They had maybe two and scored from one of them. We had too many and didn't uh, find a red head or boot with, with any of them. Little Freddie Olvestad could become my new favourite player if he plays like he did in the first half and not vanish like he did in the second. But so many of those in red disappeared along with him. Personally, I'd leave a Jose out, play Foley and push Lookman forward a bit and more central. But I'm no Thomas Dryson. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Steve. Uh, cheers for the show. Come on, you Reds. Yeah. Uh, very good point from Steve. I think they'd be yeah. the first one. Yeah, uh, but the, a couple of points. A couple of people now picked up that we haven't really spoke about. The Olvestad, I thought, um, after, after a difficult game at, at Fleetwood where he wasn't in it as much, he, he at, at times looked really good yesterday. I think he showed the player... Uh, showed the, the, the type of player that um, that people were raving about when we did sign him um, again it, Steve's probably right he wasn't quite as effective in the second half whether that was his fault or because we just were bypassing the midfield mostly anyway um, is, is a matter of opinion but uh, the thing with the thing that uh, is, is frustrating me I think about, about uh, Jose is I don't think you can tell I don't think it's fair to judge him because we're just not giving him that sort of service mm. I mean if you look at most of his goals uh, when he was banging him in last season, they were all in and around the six-yard box or in the penalty area. Yeah. We're not putting the ball at his feet in there. Yeah. Well, I was saying on last week's show. I mean, up at Fleetwood, do you, do you remember, there was a couple of chances he had where there was, there was one where McGuinness knocked it back to him and he sliced it. There was another one when he was McGuinness was sort of near post. He was far post. McGuinness headed it over towards him. It just went above him. And if that falls an inch lower and a Jose heads at home, we're going. That's a brilliant piece of, of, of strike strike work there because he's pulled he's peeled off at the back post. You know, he's, he's making those runs. It's just not quite there at the moment. But also with strikers, I mean, your conversion rate is never going to be one hundred percent. So yeah. you've got to have ten or ten chances to get one or two goals. Mm. Uh, there's no point expecting any striker to only give them two chances unless you're AFC Wimbledon of course uh, <laughs> and get two goals if you're playing Charlton that's the general rule <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, is that email from Jim Dutton Jim there? Dutton as well thanks Jim um, uh, who is that James Seed by the way. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Seed's Jimmy grandson, Seed's grandson. Yeah. Uh, hi all a couple of points which I tweeted out earlier trouble with Charlton's new approach you get first division manager buy lots of first division players there's a danger you end up with an average First division team, mm. so um, which is which is a decent point. Also, I thought we started getting negative in the second half. Uh, at one point, we took a throw in quite deep in AFC Wimbledon's half, but the defence stay, uh, stayed lined up in the middle of our half with our midfield lined up on the halfway line. We only had two players in their half, so Wimbledon were able to quickly get the ball back and attack and score, which was basically what they did. Pretty basic stuff. And that's yeah. cheers from Jim. I'm glad Jim was able to concentrate on the game despite nursing a massive hangover after his birthday. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So happy happy birthday happy to Jim. Birthday, Jim. Uh, I mean, that's something that people picked up now. Whether whether we felt a bit negative at times yesterday. I mean, that for me, we were we were attacking so much in the first half. 
any one of those other chances goes in, and it's completely different. It's a different game, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, uh, it, if we only had foresight, um, I'll tell you a lot though. That is one thing. Uh, it's one of my bugbears in football when um, you know you get a throw in in your own in, in the opposition's half. So let's say halfway inside the opposition's half, and whoever it is throws it backwards. Drives mm. me mental. It takes yeah. all the momentum out of the out of, out of, out of the, the attacking mm. prospects. Absolutely drives me mad. Yeah. Lewis Wheeler tweets: uh, When's the ball actually being given to a Jose's feet? If anything, I drop McGuinness to actually force us to play it on the floor. I'm trying to write my team for Tuesday at the moment, and I've got a Jose out front, but not McGuinness. Yeah. So you're going well, with that, no back one, four, five, No, I've gone for Bataka and Lookman either side of him. Yeah. So like a four, and then three, Jacko three. Cross and Olvestad yeah. in the middle. Tom's going, definitely going for the popular vote. Because I think if you get those two down the wings and get some crosses in, like you say, if they're around the six-yard box, that's where a Jose might actually and plus get playing, some, playing, some So that would be like the five across the midfield that could turn into the three. So yeah. that, that, that would work in a defensive we point of view, w- perhaps, with five. And we give Holmes a rest as well. Yeah. Cause but I think we need a combative midfield player in there, to, I think, to, to be able to win that ball in the first place. So that, I think mm. if we're too soft in midfield, it still won't work. Mm. Uh, mm. As much as I agree with the point, by the way. London in Giza says, when Chris Solly has a bad game, you know <laughs> it's a bad day. At the office, and uh, Lewis adds, as, as Terry said, look at his goals for Swindon, good crosses along the ground to him, a Jose, and good service. So that's what uh, what we feel that a Jose's been lacking. A couple more emails before we uh, turn over the top of the yeah, hour. We'll finish yeah. with the, uh, the ones we've got. Um, Chris, Chris Anderson's uh, email is in. Thank you, dear lovely Charm Five people again. Uh, we are lovely. I think it's a common thread. Well, he's obviously oh. seen my Twitter profile. Then. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I'm sure I have a similar story with other fans of my generation, but here goes. I first went to the Valley on the opening day of the 1981-82 season when I was 11. Stood on the vast East Terrace, clinging on the fence right down at the front. From that day I was hooked. Born in Bexley Heath, this was my local team and this was now my team. Everyone knows what we went through, especially in the 80s, almost going out of business and of course leaving our beloved stadium. I am a Sellers and Upton Park veteran, never missing a home game and even working on the turnstiles at Palace for Charlton home games. During our exile I'd done the lot. The Valley clean-up went on the marches, attending town hall meetings, Valley Gold, the lot. Although there were tough times, a fantastic chance sport was all pulled together because our love, for the love of our club. We achieved the impossible and were rewarded with one of the best days in Charlton's history. My point is that all the time we felt a sense of belonging, a part of something, we loved the club and the club loved us. The Charlton story is one of the most famous in football. All we feel now is alienated, like them and us, but if it wasn't for us, there would not be a them. I can't get to uh, too many away game, too many games now, uh, as what with work and moving down to the south coast. But seeing stories on social media that both Charlton and Wimbledon fans were stopped entering the valley because of the banners they were carrying is truly astonishing and completely embarrassing. I do quite like Russell Slow, but after the recent results, I fear for him. I honestly feel if we don't turn this around, he'll soon be off. Is anything else but promotion this season your failure? A failure, personally, I think it is. Yeah, and I think it's a uh, great show, guys. He says, and that's from Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. I mean, I, I've said a couple of weeks ago. I think anything but promotion is a failure. I mean, is, is that me being unrealistic? No, I think it's got yeah. to be looked on as that. It's got to be. Yeah. You know, um, you know, a lot of people will say, uh, "Or oh, let's get to the top six and, and worry about what happens." Then you've got to aim. You've got to aim for the top. You know, if you aim for the top and slightly miss out, then so be it. But if you aim for six, you've got. To, uh, chance of being seventh or eighth, so mm. you've got to aim, you've got to say that promotion and champions has got to be where we got to be. Uh, there's a point towards the bottom of the email there about fans being turned away from the stadium, and there was a, a card tweeted. It was an FC Wimbledon fan, I heard two that, of them. Yeah. Apparently, uh, apparently got turned away with with a banner that said Dons against Roland or something along those lines, and they posted a photo of themselves in the in the ante. I think instead. I mean, that's. I mean, obviously, we can't verify whether that's definitely true or not, but it doesn't mean it's true if it's on Twitter. But if, if it is, I mean, sad if true. Yeah. Um, uh, two issues there: one, um, fairly disgraceful, but secondly, um, 
surely they should have had the banner curled up and hidden <laughs> on the way in <laughs> and then unfurled it later. Uh, so, uh, somebody no. should have tipped in the wink there. Yeah. They're AFC Wimbledon fans. They're not used to used to uh, a club that doesn't like them, are they? Well, they should be. <laughs> well, I guess so, yeah, in, in a retrospect. Way. Yeah. Uh, evening to Trevor Lee as well, listening, by the way. He's a maritime radio DJ. was on just before us. He's uh, listening for the first time. I hope he's enjoying the show. Um, have we got a couple more? A couple more, yeah. yeah Freddie Saunders has uh, emailed us in. Thanks, Freddie. Evening, ladies and gents. Oh, that's you, Tom. No. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> like some thousands of us, I am someone who unfortunately don't have the stomach to not attend the Valley on the weekends, and I am a season ticket holder. In yesterday's game, I think we played decent for about 30 minutes, then we started becoming disjo- disjointed, disconnected, and all determination fading. I said to my mate who was with me, Slade needs to give them their hair dry treatment at half-time because if we don't get a second, this could topple on its head. And what happened, it did. Now, some people say, let's take the positives from the game. What the uh, what that the ball was in the box sometimes, that's a positive. You take in the first couple of games, not in the seventh. We didn't capitalise on our chances, and it's simply not good enough. We've just conceded three points to a team which has just been promoted and is struggling in the league. That's not the fight of a side that wants to win promotion. I've lo- lost all faith in Nicky or Jose. I'm starting to think he's becoming a bit useless. I, wants to, I was wanting Slade to get rid of him by the 60th minute. He never wins balls. He never puts balls in the back of the net. It's agitating. We are far too predictable as well. We either play deep from Konza, which I prefer, or we just long ball to McGuinness, in which yesterday them long balls were just going to yellow shirts. The squad yesterday were, in my honest opinion, simply abysmal, and I'm always one to usually be optimistic. They were not pushing forward with attacking intent, and we were waiting for the whistle to blow in the end. Not good enough, and they uh, best steal three points on Tuesday, which will be no easy challenge, but they need to redeem themselves to everyone who showed up and sang their hearts out yesterday for our team. The fans uh, are always behind our 11, and especially were yesterday. The 12th man was singing, chanting, and trying to make them play, but the other 11 let us down. P.S. What a proud and fantastic bunch the FC Wimbledon fans are. I'm looking forward to our return, uh, our future resurrection. That's uh, Freddie Saunders. Thanks, Freddie. Yeah, that'll be us in, in the future, hopefully still under the Charlton badge. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, just got a quick three. I'm going to whiz through them, all right? All right. Uh, Absolute, this is from Parsi Yazdi. Uh, Absolute Shambles will be coming... Uh, thanks, Parsi, by the way. Absolute Shambles will be becoming a Man City fan now. Their owners are much better than Roland uh, Duchatelet's uh, City's ends. Um, yeah, OK, ta-da. Uh, Jim Tutton, uh, as a plug, by the way, from Jimmy's comeback on Speaking of My Hangover, a brilliant ska band played at my party, The Estimators. That's a plug. Uh, they're playing at the Pelton Arms of Greenwich on, on Saturday, apparently. Are we home really next week? I know we're at Oxford next week, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. That's yeah. how I quite like... Get back to the Pelton Arms, do you reckon? Uh, probably won't no. and uh, <laughs> Matthias oh, Sheffield Eric uh, thanks Matthias uh, hi guys need to start winning games I will be coming down for football for a fiver against Rochdale so I'm looking forward to a game would you would like to meet up before the game if you're too busy that's fine hope to see you then we'll let you know Matthias yeah uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get to see you before the game right after the uh, uh, break here we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the uh, Thomas Dryzen situation in the Voice of the Valley yesterday a story broke uh, over the last few weeks really and uh, we want to know what you guys have made of it uh, um, and the re- 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 revelation, that revelation, one, yeah, that one, one uh, in the voice of the valley. And I sort of half mentioned it on Thursday's show, but I don't know if anyone picked up. But basically, um, whereas some of us were probably thinking that Thomas Dryzen was a thing of the distant past, uh, he, this season, this season he tried to overrule the signing of Andrew Crofts. And uh, as as per Bob's uh, tweet earlier, uh, I believe that caused a bit of a row between Slade and Katrine. Uh, so let's know what you make of that, and uh, I, I don't think he's going to be involved much more anymore. And uh, Russell's got his way on that one, as you'd expect from Russell killed him. <laughs> well, I, I'm unconfirmed <laughs> on that, on that one, but we <laughs> we won't be seeing him anymore. He's not dead. He's not okay. dead. Right, let's have an advert break before we accuse anyone else of murder. <laughs> Oh, 
Cousins. Lovely ball into the palm of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vedicaine! And there's a goal! Joe led the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the palm of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide ball ball across the penalty area picked out Vedicaine, who buried his chance, and Charlton two one up. Charlton Live. From the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. That's very weird. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Now, that's very weird as the way we've uh, lent into this next piece. Before we move on, I want to know how you know that a certain young Belgian fella is currently uh, in cement propping up a flyover somewhere in Brussels. (laughs) (laughs) I know the way certain people operate. A <laughs> first-hand experience, right on there. <laughs> on there. On there. I mean, it's a story that's been bubbling away for a couple of weeks now. It came out in the, I think it was a Dutch magazine uh, of uh, of note. Uh, revealed the story about Thomas Dryzen. Now, the young, uh, the young man who, quite literally, I've been told, uh, did his scouting in his bedroom in his underpants on his laptop, having slept all day it's and staying up, picture, staying up all night. Mm. Um, uh, uh, nicknamed Mowgli because he looks like um, look like he's just rolled out of the jungle, um, <laughs> and dresses and dresses that like that as well. Uh, th- I mean, this is a man that we found out is, is, is he's the man that Chris Powell's been referring to, that Guy Luzon referred to. Carol Fryer told me about him. The Phantom Scout, yeah, the Phantom Scout, the guy who was in charge of making some of the decisions that when when he when this lot first came in decided that Yam wasn't good enough and, and Morrison wasn't good enough and Hamer wasn't good enough and all these people and decided the likes of Loic Nigo was I've been told that actually ironically that he tried he tried to make sure we didn't sign Petr Partijek but that's the only that's the only good thing I've heard about this guy um so I mean it's it's a fascinating I mean I don't know if anyone picked up the, the, the a copy of Voice of the Valley yes I'm sure they'll be selling it again at the next home game we can if you contact Rick Everett at Airman Brown on Twitter I'll be able to give you a copy or I imagine like a post you one um I, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to read it yet but I mean it's, it's a fascinating story isn't it and it, it sort of pretty much helps to explain one of the various reasons we've been in decline since since, since this mob turned up well I haven't read it yet but I mean um, the 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 rumor of of this scout and and the effect has been um, rattling around since uh, Chris Powell, uh, without anybody really knowing anything about it um, until now, obviously. And well, you know, it's just um, it's uh, it's you know, in a sad way, it makes sense of things, which is really depressing. Mm. In a way, yeah. I mean, the the way um this person's job comes around I mean if we look at how Katrine first got a job in the Roland du Chatelet network if I remember correctly it's a, she sent an email to Roland about some suggestions of, of how to help with a situation at San Trudent he liked it he liked this young and up- upcoming person gave her a job ended up making her the CEO of a football club in a different uh, different country um, so I, I imagine it's something quite similar with Thomas Dryson he's emailed Roland saying oh, I've come up with this way to uh, check stats on people um, even though I'm just sat here in my underpants, um, can I have a job, please? And it Maybe. feels like it feels like that's are what's you hinting happened. that it's an underpants thing. Uh, well, <laughs> the underpants are probably irrelevant. <laughs> I think so, although I haven't said that, if he wasn't wearing them, he steady, might. Steady, yeah. steady. Um, so, I mean, it just feels like that. You know, people have been talking about an experiment that's been going on here at the van. And this, if that, this is part of an experiment, isn't it? This is a kid who's been looking at his laptop and trying to work out stats based on no football experience you know this isn't this isn't someone like phil chapel who's suddenly thought actually i'm going to try and turn all my knowledge into a statistical based analysis you know this is someone who's a kid who's he looks younger than me the, 
the whole Moneyball like idea has been around for a while, hasn't it? About creating a style of play and finding players that fit that style and all of that. But th- this is it, it's got that, but like a terrible version of it. And, <laughs> and what's what's ridiculous is that th- this is Char- This isn't a game. This is this is real life. This is yeah. Charlton Athletic Football Club, a, a, over a hundred years old. Someone earlier in an email talked about how we fought for our club. We've won the FA Cup, okay, a long time ago. We've won the FA Cup. We've won leagues. And there's a kid from Holland sitting in his underpants, as we found out several times, (laughs) choosing our players based on computer stats that he's found out. Uh, I can't get over how ridiculous that is. When you've got someone like Phil Chappell, who, like I said earlier, played a massive part in building that squad that won us the League One title, who's, you know, captained this club, who's knows the club who knows the history knows what the league is like and they've overruled that for a bloke who's emailed Roland and said oh I've got this idea Mm. he's then signed player after player after player who's failed every single one I think or mm, that I can think of has failed what was it Nego and Anil Kosh or however you're supposed to say it got one appearance between them did they yeah and yet they've been trusting him for this amount of time it's just I I can't get over how, how stupid it is would anyone like to form a band with me called Thomas Dryson's Underpants? <laughs> it depends on the outfit. <laughs> Lewis plays drums, doesn't he, as well? Yeah, he does, yeah. So, if you look at that, yeah. Another word. Uh, I mean, there's some quite, if you look, you look through this, this piece in The Voice of Value written by Matt Wright, uh, used to be the press officer didn't he, a few years ago, Matt Wright, for, for a very long time. Uh, I mean, he, he brings up the quotes from, from Chrissy Powell when he spoke to TalkSport in January. He says, I was told I needed a new goalkeeper, a striker better than Kermigant, who is one of the best players I've ever managed, and a new fullback when I had... Uh, Chris Solly and Royce Wiggins I knew there was a network of clubs and he was saying we've got the players that will be better than him I mean who, who is this kid who is this kid who, who looks at Chris Solly one of our one of our most consistent players we've had ever at this football club uh, you know and, and uh, uh, Royce Wiggins who was a very good fullback when he wasn't injured uh, the likes of Jan I mean Jan was a warrior for us I mean, who, who is this kid there is there is no I mean we can we can talk about this for as long as you like but um, we'll all um, have the same uh, response that there is no justification for it. Absolutely <laughs> none. And uh, anybody who thinks that there might be really wants to come uh, come down off that cloud cuckoo land and, and, and join the real world, really. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah that, oh, it even says in this bit, actually, they, they even mentioned the uh, thing that Poitou Parzacek was, was told was, was the only one that he said wasn't good enough. I mean, it, it's, You it's know why that is, though? It's probably because he didn't have any stats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He never played football, really. Ever, yeah. <laughs> Steve Catley says, Will Thomas Dryson's underpants play covers from the skids? Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice work. We can make it Charlton-themed. Uh, Bob Liscombe says, At meet the manager, Russell was asked if he had heard of Thomas. His answer was yes. Next question, please. I, think, I, I thought I saw someone on the forum said, uh, he said, yes, he's got more hair than me. Right, well, tell you what we should do. Yeah, actually, that's probably why you never see him again, because probably jealous of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I reckon what we should do is somebody should email in. Uh, somebody who's good at football manager. We need to have an inter, inter-Charlton fan competition on football to see who the best is at football manager and then challenge Thomas Dryson to a one-on-one yeah. oh. winner takes all. You lose, yeah. you lose the club. Yeah, because anyway. I think you can do that on football manager. You can just play yeah, a, one, can. a one game against someone else. Oh, right. But there's got to be, there's got to be, a, there's, you know, there's, there's got to be a, uh, a decent uh, uh, bet on. So, Winner take all. If uh, if if Dryson wins, then Card has to disband, and we all stop moaning and, and everything else. Right? <laughs> yeah. If if however if however the the, the Charlton fan wins, the club's ours. 
Right, so I'm, we're going to put the tweet out there then. Who want, who, which Charlton player, which Charlton fan yeah, out friend. there, if you're listening as well, let us know. Can out football manager Can, Yeah, so right, so we're, we're laying down on tonight's show. This is a, this is a come and get you plea. We're, this is a challenge to Thomas Dryson, one on one, football manager 2016, a Charlton fan picked by the Charlton Live team versus Thomas Dryson. If we win, then you're gone, mate. And Ronan's got to sell the club. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the odds. That's the bet. Yeah. Uh, Daniel tweets in the the regime say have, they have changed their approach, but clearly not. That's why Slade has not got the squad uh, to complete uh, to compete. Tar- uh, Tariq Smallman says he knows just the guy. So if you can tweet us, Tariq, who that guy's going to be? Lewis Wheeler's putting himself forward. I'm pretty solid at football manager. To be fair, where is the man in the pink underpants? And now pink, they're pink now. <laughs> How do you know they're pink? How well do you know Thomas Dryson Lewis? Let us know. <laughs> um, we need what we need is some real uh, geeky type person who's, who just spends all day behind a computer. What's the club pop doing? <laughs> I wonder if he'll, he'll be listening to this tomorrow morning. Sorry, Paul. He'll be tweeting at Killer's Beard tomorrow morning. So, <laughs> yeah, not so, so, so the interesting part. So, so we've mentioned there. We know. We, we I now know that and revealed again in in the Voice of the Valley that uh, Thomas Dryson Underpants Man tried to overrule. Uh, fully clothed Russell Slade um, on the <laughs> signing of, of Andrew Crofts and I understand this uh, ended up with a little bit of a disagreement between Slade and, and uh, Katrine and Thomas and uh, the, pe- the people in- involved uh, and where Slade laid down the line and told him no this is how my football club is going to work and that's what we've needed we, we haven't had that for the last four years ever since well, Chris Powell left let, let's assume that's true and if it is <clears throat> then every Charlton supporter really should be now <laughs> seeing Russell Slade in a slightly Thank different God light for Slade yeah yeah. Really, because if if that has happened, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thank you know, thank the Lord for for somebody like Russell, because uh, um, otherwise. <laughs> so so I'm looking at that and thinking, oh, excellent stuff. Well done, Russell. Really really good, excellent behaviour there. Now I'm thinking, oh, hang on, how many games have we, haven't we won for? And Russell, <laughs> Russell well, slightly got under the skin of Ronan the Katrina. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> yeah, so you do worry about what's going to happen in that situation. Maybe if he'd let Thomas sign the players we wanted, we'd be top of the league by now. <laughs> yeah, I bet we will, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so I think, I mean, let us, let us know, you guys out there, if you've got anything more to add on the Thomas Dreisner story. I mean, it's pretty easy to say it all just by gasping, isn't it? Really, there's not there's not much more, that much more to add on. It's just a ridiculous, bizarre situation. That's one of the many ones we've had here. I've I've tried to kind of sum up how I feel about it, but it is just so ridiculous that this is this is actually happening. This isn't a joke. This isn't some sort of film. This is actually happening. The equivalent of me just asking a mate who they've heard about that mate emailing Roland somehow, getting his contacts and saying, "Oh, what about him?" and him just doing it. This has got the feel of um, you know when you've had the worst day you've ever had. Let's say you're trying to get you're trying to get home from work, all the trains cancelled. The only thing you can do is is get on a I don't know a, a rickshaw with no roof and it's chucking it down with rain. It only gets halfway. Then you then you you know you some mate lends you an horse and it breaks a leg. You know what I mean? Whatever possible could go wrong does go wrong. And then in the end, you're just looking. You go you go get your last minute shopping before you head home. And you're looking forward to a Horlicks or or whatever. And the holes, the bag, the bag yeah. you're carrying just develop holes and all your shopping falls out in the rain. That's the sort of that's where we are now. We are now at the point where our shopping bag is full of holes. So does that mean it's finally going to pick up? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it depends if it depends if Horlicks is hot or cold, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, so uh, that's the Thomas Dryson situation. Uh, Seb Lewis says, I want to hear what Sir Chris Powell thinks of this Thomas lad. And we, I mean, like I said with the, the quotes from TalkSport, he's talked about. Um, he sort of talks about it hinting. No, one, no one's ever mentioned the name until this, this, Bel- this um, Dutch magazine or whatever it was. Um, I mean, like, so I remember saying when, when it first came out, and then, like, I, I'm, I'm sure you do as well, so I was seeing this kid at, at away games. I remember specifically seeing him at Mere War and then somewhere else as well. I've got to be honest, I thought he was like a son of. Yeah. 
well, rather not, than anything the, the way the I, club. Yeah, the way I saw it was uh, like because we we already had an analyst, Brett the analyst, he's still here. So I saw another kid turning up in the press box with a camera, the same way that Brett does. I, I thought like you know how every now and then you get a kid in the in the press gantry with a, a pen and paper. He's he's going to write something for. His, his uni course or something and, and we, we, we sort them out and we help them out you know go on go on, get some experience this will help your career That's we're doing a good thing for someone I thought that's what we were doing when I saw this kid I thought he was just trying to you know practice being a sports analyst or something and it turns out he was but his uh, practice didn't quite make perfect when they put it into into uh, into, into, well, into practice here at Charlton right uh, uh, just about 15 minutes left to go here on Charlton I'm going to look ahead to the game with Scumthorpe uh, just after this break Talking about Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Don't forget, if you want to catch up with any of our shows after the event, you can download all of them as podcasts from ACAST or from iTunes. The best place... Um, uh, the best place to, to go for us, is, as far as we're concerned, is ACAST because uh, A, we upload for ACAST and when we do it, it's in there instantaneously whereas iTunes can take anywhere between five minutes and half an hour to, to come up. Uh, also, if you listen through ACAST, it's a completely free app for you, uh, completely free uh, to, to listen to and to download, but we get uh, like half a penny every time you do and therefore we can afford to, uh, to buy our own version of Football Manager. Uh, to, to have a go and to, to take Thomas uh, to Thomas or Dryson on. Uh, you can also listen to all our shows online on www.charltonlive.co.uk as after the event you can download it as an MP3 from there as well. Uh, don't forget, listen to Maritime Radio. I think they're going into their last week of being on FM, 101.4 FM in the local Greenwich area. Uh, they're doing a trial this year and they're hoping to apply for the FM licence as of next year which will be really cool because I think Maritime's done an excellent job and uh, been a really good host station for us. And because we're on Maritime, it means you can listen to us through the TuneIn app as well. Uh, TuneIn, you can download download the TuneIn app on your mobile phone or your tablet. You can search for Charlton Live. You can listen to us on the go anywhere and then off, uh, listen to Maritime when we're not on air. So plenty of ways you can listen to Charlton Live. Um, right, uh, looking ahead to Scunthorpe, just a sec. We've got a couple of uh, couple more tweets in there. Uh, Jimmy Dutton says... I had a system on uh, on the Greyhounds back in the 80s based on stats. That didn't work either. <laughs> uh, and Lewis Wheeler says, let's not forget the man in underpants got us some Rod Fanny. Uh, Lewis. Uh. <laughs> and Marion says, as you've all said, there is nothing that I can add about Pants Lad. It's like a soap. Which is ironically what he looks like he doesn't <laughs> use too much um, when, you, when you look at him in a photograph. Um, uh, right. Uh, Scum for Tuesday. Uh, Scum for are they, are they top now? They are top, yeah. 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 So, uh, by a point over Bolton. Mm, so uh, I mean, this could be less as well. Yeah, considering the, little, the, the slightly little run we're on now, and the, you know, this this could be a this could be a defining night if we go up there and get get a win, put us right back in contention, right back into a little run of form. If we lose, then we're going now. We're going four games without a win, losing at Scum You're suddenly slightly worried, aren't you, for the, the little bit of form that we're in? It's that that early stage of the season where three points make such a big difference because. You know, there's been so few games. Naturally, if you win a game, you jump up five or six places. So, like I said after Fleetwood, actually on last Saturday, I said if we win a home game to Wimbledon, we'll look back at Fleetwood as a good point. We didn't, and it now looks like a poor point. And I think if we go up Tuesday night and get something, we'll be in great shape going into Oxford the week after. If we don't, like you say, then you know that 
that six games unbeaten stat very much changes to well we haven't won in however many games what would it be four and suddenly we're you know we're looking the other way so yeah it's a it's a massive game I think they they are top but they scraped past Shrewsbury at, at the weekend they got a two all with Fleetwood like us you know, they've beaten the likes of Wimbledon who we've discussed you know arguably we should have beaten so it's not that they've been anything groundbreaking and I think you know their big goal difference has come from two games I think yeah. they absolutely tonked Gillingham 5-0 think. so, the, so the huge goal difference comes from those two games I don't think there's anything to fear really well they're obviously capable of scoring clearly of course um, but they're also capable of, uh, of slipping up they lost um, uh, I think it was I'm trying to think it was two actually it was um, um, Bristol City uh, but that was in the league cup Paul Vale that's the one Port Vale beat them early on in the season, three-one. So, who knows? Look, I mean, if you'd have asked me before yesterday, I'd have said uh, I wouldn't have had a fear in the mm. world going up there. But mm. um, maybe it's, not so much. Now. It's so difficult to judge at the moment, isn't it? And like, I think, like you and Lewis said, I think last weekend, you look at some of the teams now, and you kind of, we haven't looked at these teams for a year, so we we're not sure what to expect from any of them. Yeah. You know, we've been so used to Championship football, and you talk about teams like Brighton and Burnley now, and you think. That's so far away from the likes of Port Vale and, and Scunthorpe. But that's where we are now. We don't have such a good guide of these teams, but you know, Russell will do his homework. As I say, I hope he rests a couple of players and brings in some, some fresh players and there's no reason we can't go and get get a result up there. Brian Haynes just tweeted in just a nitpick on the Thomas Dryson thing. It was a Bel- it was in a Belgian magazine and in French, not in Dutch. So ever, ever since Other Brexit, than that, you were spot on. Ever since Brexit, I don't pay attention to all this foreign <laughs> nonsense. Um, I mean, we're expecting we're expecting changes on on Tuesday. Slade already said in our interview there's going to be changes. I mean, what, what, what sort of things do you think? Well, I'd expect uh, change up front. I'd, I'd expect Novak to start. Who he starts with, if you believe Tom, it could be with uh, with uh, Nicky Jose. Um, I've got a feeling it'll be with uh, Josh McGuinness personally. Uh, I think it's likely that the centre half pairing will change. I've changed I'd, them both. I'd expect um, change both the centre backs. Yeah, I've yeah. gone Bauer and Lennon. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'd expect uh, Johnny Jackson to start potentially, um, possibly with uh, uh, maybe giving Crofts a break and putting Foley beside him. I don't know. I mean, the, the midfield is the tough one for me because I don't think we've got natural replacements really yet. I, I'd, I'd uh, you know, Russell said in his inter- post-match interview with me that uh, it, it sounded likely he was going to rest Frederick Orsted. I'd, I'd, go yeah. other, I'd go the other way. I'd, play, I'd absolutely play him. Well, uh, I guess the, on, the only thing is we don't know. He only played what five games last season for Burnley. I don't know what his pre-season's been like. What his, his season? Uh, two. He's played two games in. He's played two games in a week, and then he's going to play a Tuesday. I mean, you have to pick up these minutes somewhere. But I guess I'd Russell actually, and this is going to be slightly, possibly sound a little controversial. I'd even possibly give Adam Ola rest and start Bataka. Yeah, because um, I think uh, maybe if we can, if we're if we're close in the game, and you bring on Anabola, then he's going to turn it. Mm. Um, but I'd certainly start Bateka, whether that's for um, Adamola or, or or Holmes, either mm. one. I'd start him for Holmes myself. Mm. I notice also the way that Russell, Russell does like to try and keep his side settled. So he went for a, I think a four or five game spell without making any changes. Uh, and then before the Fleetwood game, I think we had to make one or two, but then we kept the same lineup yesterday. So he obviously likes to try and keep a little bit of consistency. Yeah. But, um, but he hinted in that yeah. post match that he would be making changes. But just, it just that that makes you wonder how many he will make, whether it'll be f- wholesale or not. Um, Tuesday night in Scunthorpe. Yes, you, go, you guys staying up there? Uh, yeah. yeah. Does, uh, does anybody know a good drone flyer? <laughs> What's uh, well, the Bradford game was suspended mm. for 20 oh, yeah. minutes because of a drone. Was it so, 20 minutes? I didn't. Yeah, yeah, so, I saw them tweet something about a drone. Yeah. So next time we're one up, if someone could just fly a drone over, 
just to stop the uh, momentum of the opposition. Stop the momentum, that's not yeah, a bad get, idea, yeah. Get, get, the, uh, get the players back in the dressing room and have a, ch- have yeah. a chat. Maybe, maybe Thomas Dryzen's probably got an app for that on his, yeah. on his laptop. It to, may to have been Thomas, it's scouting players. <laughs> new fang. Well, I've got this new idea, Roland, you're going to love it. <laughs> uh, we've, had another, we've had another person putting himself forward to be our, our Charlton Life representative in the football manager game against Thomas Dryzen. Uh, Harry Davis says he, uh, he spends all his free time playing this or FIFA career mode and he would end him, enough said. And now... Uh, We've already discussed about how Russell's like, trying to uh, trying to end him, so uh, that's another option. Um, Bob Liskin says someone ought to check uh, Thomas Dryzen's family tree. I, mean, I know there's um, people saying that Katrine's dad is friends with Roland. <laughs> so that, was quite that wouldn't be in a family tree, though, would it? No, no, that's true. Actually, that's just friends. <laughs> friends, <laughs> mates. That's just someone check his <laughs> that'd Facebook. That'd page. be some family tree if that yeah. was included. Someone check his Facebook tree. <laughs> got uh, an email from Peter as well. Evening. This shows. Uh, this shows until the Belgian idiots go. There's no way forward. Does anyone actually know what Roland wants from our club? I mentioned in the last season, none of my family would go until they have gone, and we haven't. Such a shame. That's Peter yeah. from Page. That, is, that is a real, real shame. Yeah, Perfectly, I can 100% understand a decision as well. But you know, Peter's a you know Cholton fan family he wants to bring his family to Cholton. I wish we weren't in this mess because you know I want you know I want my, all my friends and families come to the games. The amount of us that used to come, we used to, we used to go to the Rose of Denmark like mob handed before a game. It'd be like 30 or 40 of us in there. I went in yesterday. In, fa- in fairness, yesterday was probably the most I've seen in there. It was about 10 like of us yesterday. There's so many people not coming. But an end game for Roland's every time this comes up, I still have no idea what, what it would really be. Is it is it along the lines of oh he wants to run a football club really cheaply and show you can do it? Does he want to try all these new methods of drone scouting and YouTube pants wearing and do all this and prove you can do it? Does he want to run the club down and sell the ground? These are all different things that people say. No one no one knows. No, no one it's knows. so frustrating. Um, well, I don't know. Frustrating depends on what it is. Probably best we don't know. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Uh, look, I don't think anybody knows, and maybe even Roland himself. Who knows? Yeah, uh, Trevor Lee says the only thing I knew about football was it was spherical object kicked on grass before before maritime. So I'm glad that he's listened to Chapman Live tonight uh, to try <laughs> more and than Thomas knew, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to try and learn. Um, Mind you, if he's basing his football knowledge and experience on Aslot, he's he's going to struggle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had uh, my uh, AFC Wimbledon yesterday on the on the on BBC. They had me, they had me who does Charlton, and they have an AFC Wimbledon guy called Alan. And uh, he said he, he said he listened. He, he downloaded the Charlton Live Big Match preview on Thursday because he wanted to try and get the Charlton point of view. And I said, "Oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we mainly just talk about people in their pants and stuff." But <laughs> uh, to, to look ahead, don't forget we will be back on Thursday evening, seven o'clock. It's going. You, but you're back now, Tom. I'm so back. You're yeah, back. Is, when's Nathan back? Is he back? Yet? Not till next week. Oh, I think. so lazy. So we'll we'll yeah. look ahead to. We will. We will look ahead in detail to the Oxford game. But that is another game that's coming up next next Saturday. I think there's going to be a fair few addicts going up there. It's not too far to go on a Saturday to, to Oxford, yeah. I mean, if Tom's going, you know it's going to be a big mm, exactly. away attendance, yeah. I remember being really annoyed the last time I went to Oxford. It was when, um, uh, it was the Cup game, I think, which we won comfortably, and uh, Diego Poy, I think, was his, uh, his debut. Uh, and I, I got into the ground and then realised I could have, act- I don't know how much I paid, it was like 20 something quid, and I actually realised I got to watch the game from the gap in the, in the gate at the end. <laughs> So I've, never been, I've never been to Oxford now, so it's like, isn't it just behind the three just, sides? Yeah, so the, and then the, the one end's just a, a fence and a car park. There's only good pubs nearby. We were discussing this the other day. This is for Nathan. This there's is a half decent. Yeah. I, think I need it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Shopping centre area where there's the KFC and all that yeah. stuff outside, but I can't remember pubs if I'm honest. Frank and Benny's, I've got told. Yeah, I'm thinking Frank and Benny's might have a pub in it. Yeah, no, Frank and Benny's is there because I had my dinner there, but I was driving, so I don't know about the pub situation. It's interesting when you're on a little bit of a run, really, going away two games in a row isn't exactly what you want, but if we can get, say, we can get four points from this from these two we games get anything out yeah. of Scunthorpe I think Oxford could be uh, a decent away game but if if we go into Oxford after after the mm. unthinkable then not so much 
Mm. And uh, and then then you do get if you, you lo- say you lose Comfort, Stop and it. then and then you lose Oxford, and then like we say we're, we're in that little bit of a run now, aren't we? Like, yeah. And then Thomas Drysdale becomes our new manager. <laughs> can you <laughs> be over Can you imagine? Does he have to be dressed if he stands on the touchline? Well, that's the thing. See, now, is there a is there a football yeah. league uh, dresser code about <laughs> underpants? See, see, I've heard a, I've heard a story that they wanted him on the dugout at some point <sighs> during a. I was joking. Yeah, during a during a game early on in the in the well, look, team, you know, and there was the people so- talking about people if, the, talk- if the sofa's replaced by a sunbed, <laughs> get <laughs> scared. But the, the people talking about it, it's like we can't have him on the dugout dressed like that. I mean, there's that famous photo in the um the, this in, in it's in the Voice of the Valley here where we we've come off the Sky Sports News where Jose is doing his training first first time round wearing his Charlton tracksuit. And Thomas is there dressed in like a Christmas jumper. <laughs> We've all got one of them, haven't we? Corduroy trousers. Yeah, but you don't no, wear no, a- not the corduroy trousers yeah. though. No. Well, Chris, well, Chris Powell got sacked in March. Was he wearing a Christmas jumper for? And like with a haircut that look, like he's got, he's wearing dreadlocks, like big, big bushy <laughs> dreadlocks. I mean, that, that's not the sort of thing you'd expect to see from a. Do you go to Belgium often? I can't say I do. No, I do. That's the that's the normal look. Trust yeah. me. Oh, there you go. Dan Farmer said he'll meet you in Frankie and Benny's. Tom. So there you See go. There. And Nathan Nathan uh, can't. Nathan go Nathan will be there. Yeah, when, Nathan, Friday Thursday. Yeah, Nathan <laughs> can't go more than five minutes without going to a pub. So <laughs> so we'll be uh, seeing. Him. We're almost running out of time here on the on the. Channel. I've got a minute and a half left to do. So I'm going to put you both on the spot now and oh, ask good. for some predictions for the Scunthorpe game. Nope. Terry Not refuses to do. Yeah, so Terry refuses to do that. So we've, don't partake in such things. <laughs> put, you, put that down as a defeat, then. <laughs> Tom, Tom, you're, 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 Nathan's been pretty good on these predictions. He has, he? Yeah. Tom? yeah. I've been terrible. Um, I reckon we'll scrape it one 0 Yeah, you're feeling confident that yeah. just one of those ones. I don't, I don't know how many Charlton fans are, are going to be heading up there, but I'm hoping that the ones that do, we can uh, get a result for. Right, uh, pretty much run out of time here, Charlton Live on Maritime Radio. Tom, I'm uh, glad to have you back from your holiday. Thanks for Thanks. coming in to Good the valley this back. evening. Cheers, Louis. Good to have you back, Terry Smith, Grand Old Man. You're going up Scunthorpe. Oh yes, yeah, so there. you'll be commentating on player. Yep. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening here on Charlton Live. No problem. Cheers, guys. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live. Don't forget, you can download all of our shows as podcasts after the event on Acast or iTunes. Head to charltonlive.co.uk if you want to um, uh, listen to any of our shows back on by streaming them online. Don't forget, stay tuned to Maritime Radio, 10, o- 10 o'clock uh, this evening. Peter Finch is coming up with uh, all these usual stuff. Until then, you're going to have a little bit of automated music. All your, your favourite music and everything local here on Maritime Radio. <laughs> Home of time. Home of time. This is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.